0: 150th time, wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, especially if you're one of our geeks and using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We got your back. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free, thanks to our sponsors this week, Chegg, Bar, and Squarespace. Squarespace! They bring the show to you, DLC, of course, the show, all about games, and their many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff kanata that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis the guy who's been doing this with me 250 times mr christian spicer happy 250th christian
1: happy 250 i'm growing the the mustache back because i figure now that i do a podcast i I need to have a mustache just like my podcast idol jjj you know so no big oh
0: yeah 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 we're gonna get to it we got lots of spider talk to talk uh, we got some news to to get through. Uh, we got some Destiny to talk about as well. And we have undoubtedly the best guest to do that with because you know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for Destiny's Longtime Champion because our frequent guest, our friend, and our resident Destiny expert returns. You know him from GameRant.com and numerous appearances on this show. Anthony Taormina, welcome back to the show, buddy.
2: I'm here. Uh, this is uh, happy eighth, maybe. Eighth
0: episode, guys. <laughs> I'd be surprised if it was only eight. You've been on a lot of episodes, That's man. That's
2: true. Uh, what was it? Happy 10th anniversary. I got you <laughs> guys uh, paper.
0: Paper? I don't I know paper what's
2: Yeah, it is one, but it was the only one I could think
0: of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited to tear into stuff. Let's start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the week it's the story of the week. Story of the week the story of the week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by visiting our subreddit. That is five by five dlc.reddit.com. So, where cool folks hang, talking about the show, talking about video games, anything they please. Uh, give it a shot. Hang out with the community there. Uh, Anthony, you are a guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week?
2: My uh, story of the week would be like a combo deal uh, concerning both the uh, details regarding Battlefield Five's Battle Royale and Black Ops 4's Battle Royale. A double like,
0: Battle Royale whammy. Yeah,
2: we basically yeah. learned... Uh, a a decent amount more uh, I think about black ops four, because the beta is supposed to happen uh, the 10th, which is some people might be listening to this on the 10th. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then the battlefield five stuff is more just like, Hey, we're, we're starting to talk about it. We're starting to let you know, like what we're going for. And both of them revealed some interesting things. I would say battlefield five revealed the more uh, I quote unquote controversial approach to uh, battle royale whereas call of duty just looks like crazy fun
1: yeah i so, can't believe battlefield introduced women to battle royale i'm just like oh Ugh!
2: Uh, Ugh! not in my br Ugh! well there's you lots know, of female we, Fortnite skins christian
0: also literally <laughs> the movie battle royale and the book battle royale replete with women and if you <laughs> if you're talking about hunger games where which is sort of what battle royale is also based on Lots of women, but Uh, uh, you keep your
1: agenda to yourself, and I'll keep my views uh, public.
0: (laughs) All right, this is (laughs) this is starting great. (laughs) Um, so of these battles royale, yes, Anthony, uh, you say that you think that the Call of Duty looks more well. You said Battlefield is more odd. So, so uh, Battlefield,
2: we we don't really know like kind of like certain details because it was just like, hey, we're gonna talk to you about like our approach. Uh, and it's it's a lot of battlefield stuff, except it's squads only, based on what they said. So it's right. it's sixty four players, sixteen squads, no solo, no duo, which is kind of crazy to me because that that's you know that battle royale to me like
0: those, yeah the idea is squads, last man standing yeah right? those squads or woman Christian
2: sure <laughs> those squads is fun like squads is very much like you you kind of get like delta bad hand if, if you get you know a, a guy that just lands in a in a bad spot doesn't get a weapon then you're a man down or whatever you're randomly paired you guys don't drop at the same point like it's going to favor the coordinated groups whereas solo play in like a mm-hmm. Fortnite or a PUBG, you're it's just you 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 know your right. your luck determines your success whereas a squ- being stuck in squads you're kind of like
0: well yeah and i and i feel like the strength of battle royale as a mode has always been the ease of getting in and getting out how you can queue up you can you know have your fate go one of two ways <laughs> yeah <laughs> or you know and even if it's a, it's a quick game you just popped out and you pop into another one and it, it feels very much encouraging of the solo queue because i mean obviously the games offer you know duo queues and and team based stuff and i'm sure people have a lot of fun with them but it always felt like a, a game that was very welcoming to the solo queueer because of the last man standing kind of idea and the quick into a next match uh, cycle you don't have to yeah. wait for anybody else it just felt like a very solo experience
2: yeah it's it's wholly i think uh it's it's geared towards this idea of yeah i i'm i'm going in i'm i'm seeing what my luck is like okay it wasn't so great I'll probably play a little more aggressive, and I'm out. And then, like you know, cycling back in, you're going to have a lot of people that are just going to be like, "Okay, I'm in a squad now," and then I died, and they're going to leave. And yeah. and though you, uh, you, I assume you can't revive or anything like that. It's just like that's what's the point if if that's how it's going to be. I assume they're just going to do a duo and a solo thing. This is just this was what they thought people wanted, which is weird. I, I don't. Mm especially in, in light of like the success of Fortnite and PUBG, based like on the Twitch personalities and the skill and the solo play and the like, right. Maybe, maybe they'll let people do like, you know, uh, solo squads like you can do in Fortnite where you do like no fill. And then people can kind of like do trick shots and, and, and show their skill. But it, to me seems like a very, uh, confusing misunderstanding of what, battle royale's popularity like factors are
0: well they have uh, an additional amount of time now to maybe make some changes sure. if people uh, don't you know are vocal about not liking this this restriction uh because we we talked last week about how the the release date of battlefield 5 has been pushed back to november late november at that um but let's talk a little bit about call of duty's um, battle Royale, because again, both of these modes were announced um, to much fanfare at their uh, individual unveilings months ago, mm-hmm. and had very little in the form of detail. And now we're we're getting more detail. So, Call of Duty much more traditional, but Call of Duty is a much faster paced game than you know the, many of the battle royales that we have available now. First person. Um, what what is your take on the way Call of Duty is handling this mode? Uh, I mean,
2: it seems exactly like you would expect it. It has, you know, uh, the trailer that they released is very much about, like, groups of players doing crazy things, getting on vehicles, using cool gadgets. Like, that, to me, is what makes Call of Duty unique, good or bad, and and they're kind of leaning into that. They even have, you know, zombies on the map. Like, they are not, in my mind trying to do anything that isn't very Call of Duty-esque in terms of its approach to Battle Royale. And it looks, even even if I didn't, like, wasn't interested in it, which I am interested in it, it looks like the type of Battle Royale that has the potential to be appealing to people because it looks like it supports that kind of, like, Fortnite, hey, look at this crazy clip of me, you know, jumping... Out of a helicopter, sniping a guy midair and then jumping back in the helicopter, something like that. Right. Um, so it definitely seems like it supports more of that like exciting viral element and it just looks faster paced. It looks more chaotic. It looks. Like that, that pace of like a Fortnite versus a PUBG, which is, which is in my opinion, why Fortnite is more successful, is because it's faster paced. You get into gunfights earlier on. Your PUBG, you're kind of like gearing, 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 and then you kind of find a guy.
0: Mm-hmm, right.
2: Um. But yeah, the, I th- I think it just looks better.
0: Uh, in the chat room here, X salty one uh, says, "Us existing BF1 players are all in on BF5." Um, uh, duh. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a duh. I mean, that's not necessarily but a foregone But that's like
2: complete. asking me, hey, Anthony, you going to play Destiny 2 Forsaken? I'm like, yeah, I am.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, think, I, I guess that's true. But uh, I guess it, 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 there's, a, there's a positivity that at least he's expressing, which I like to hear. Uh, Christian, you're much more of the Battle Royale enthusiast than I am, for sure. Uh, any of these details tickle your fancy? Are you curious to see how this all plays out?
1: I think it's interesting and really cool that they are both doing something different. Um, Battlefield, oftentimes, I mean, it's a team game, right? Uh, Whether it's 50v50 or smaller squads, it's kind of always been about teams. I imagine there have been some solo um, multiplayer modes in the past. I'm not the most well-versed in Battlefield, but to me... It's always felt like a team game. So I understand how they could take this approach or make that their kind of secret sauce of like, no, we want you to coordinate with people. We want you to play. We might not get Fortnite numbers, but Rainbow Six Siege, uh, it's team play coordination, very popular and very successful um, financially for Ubisoft. So I could understand why EA and DICE might do something a little different with their Uh, battle royale mode for battlefield five and i applaud them for taking that risk and and that's not to say they might not change it you know going forward like tomorrow like just kidding single single roles only um but i I think it's interesting And, and same to activision and Treyarch with call of duty i think it's really cool what they're doing and trying to put their own stamp on things i think having roaming zombies in the map Uh, Depending on how they work, I get the impression that they are not the storm. They're not the circle. They're like in the quote unquote safe areas and you might stumble across a zombie. And I think that's really interesting because it will keep you moving in a way and prevent camping to some extent and also maybe require you to fire your weapon earlier than you wanted to thereby giving away your location especially how so many call of duty modes um players appear on radar and i'm curious you know how these games will implement anthony i don't know maybe they talked about it but i didn't see anything in call of duty how they i think it's still a perk maybe that you can get to show people for an increased period of time but like that cat and mouse game of like i'm in this building zombies are in here too yeah am i going to shoot at them or am i going to try to melee it, uh, it adds an extra level of chaos to it that I think is cool. I'm not sure if I will enjoy it when I play, only because it adds another layer of randomness where it, you're just like, oh, if if those stupid zombies hadn't spawned, I would have won. And it, it, it depends on how often you feel, air quote, cheated yeah. versus rewarded well, as to whether or not that feels fun.
2: So my kind of like the approach that they're going for with zombies, I'm not too worried about running into the zombies unless i choose to land in an area where there are zombies because of the way they say that they're designing the map they say that they're picking different locales from the various black ops uh multiplayer maps throughout the series so i think you're going to be able to say like oh i'm going to land here and i know there are going to be zombies here so if you don't want to mess with the zombies you don't have to uh but i d- i do believe that they're not going to be as much of a nuisance. It's going to be more of a fun thing. Like I, I, think maybe it'll be something for those people that maybe aren't super into battle royale. We'll just be like, I'm going to land here. I'm going to shoot some zombies. I don't know. Maybe there's better loot in the areas with zombies or something. But um, they all are. They are also adding perks. Uh, they've revealed a few of them uh, in Game Informer's article, but they serve as consumables. So they're they're kind of so like, about you like have to anything. find. You
0: have to find the perks. Is that the idea?
2: Apparently, yeah. So it's like they're yeah. they revealed like uh, a handful of the perks. There's like some that are like, you know, uh, if an enemy sees you, you get an audio cue, uh, you increase your health. But it's it's like a okay, I'm going to choose to pop this now because I'm in a, a hot spot or whatever.
0: So it would only last for a short period of time and then wear off. That's, Is that the that's idea?
2: That's the the what they're they're saying, yeah
0: huh it's interesting it's interesting it's 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 these storied franchises that have such an established you know set of mechanisms all built into them uh having to sort of retrofit all these other older ideas into this new mode it's an interesting exercise if nothing else um i'm very curious to see how these modes are going to be going to be embraced by their communities if people are going to be all in on that if they're going to be new people that play those games because they like battle royale or if it's going to be you know largely ignored by the people who play those games for the other modes already and they just kind of want more of what they already like uh, it's going to be interesting to see how those how people take to them
2: it definitely seems like from a from a like reaction in terms of uh content creators and and people in, in gaming media on Twitter and social media and whatnot that the excitement around the the Black Ops 4 battle royale is higher than the Battlefield 5 and it it has a lot to do with the fact that we've seen more of Black Ops 4 and there's a beta coming out or out yeah um
0: but yeah it, and we're getting we're getting indication that the pre-orders have uh favored uh called as well. So So
2: it it just uh, I think that it from for my perspective, it really is based largely on like, okay, what what can compete with what Fortnite does well? And I think what Fortnite does well is deliver those crazy moments that you share and that you want to like put on YouTube and social media and and being able to do all that crazy stuff is is more supported by the arcade, by the crazy battle royales versus like the PUBGs and the what i assume battlefield will be more like that's that's more intense more realistic it, it it's not bad by any means but it's just not going to be for a wider audience i think
0: interesting well we don't have to wait too much longer to see them in action uh, as you said the betas will be happening very very soon and uh, the games themselves aren't that far off from being released so It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, Christian, what is your story of the week?
1: Well, my story of the week is about casting for a Netflix show, but I want you to do it in the voice of the character because I can't do the voice as well as you can, (laughs) so you can set it up. This is my story. Uh, Go ahead.
0: The Witcher will be played by Henry Cavill.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's real good. It's It's real good. good.
0: (laughs)
1: <laughs> it might be acted by Henry Kevill, but It's going to be voiced by Jeff Gannada. That's so good. I love it. <laughs> uh, I like this casting. I I don't know. I have not read the books. I started one of them. I'm hesitant to even say the first one because I don't know. And I was a library book, and I liked it well enough, but I I didn't finish it. Um, and returned it. Like I wasn't able to renew it, it or like whatever. It didn't like it
0: well enough. To, <laughs> like a well and enough. I, to liked it. It. <laughs> I liked it. I liked that. Okay.
1: Um but then i had to like renew it and it couldn't and it doesn't matter um so i'm not top of the lore but i think assuming the age is appropriate all this that and the other which i think is maybe the biggest sticking point for people right now um i, I mean this sincerely henry cavill as superman is a great gerald like <laughs> I mean, it's Oof. like he's, he's heavy. <laughs> is the burden of Damning of what he with faint praise, my friend. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, there's no, I don't. But I, I see. It's like yes, that's that's really great casting. I think I, I, I'm very excited for this. And you the saw, Superman I want is the Henry Cavill smiling on set in between takes of those <laughs> movies. Right, right. But I think that it's it's that burdened, heavy. Like he almost carries his muscle. Even that's a burden, right? Like yeah. I am strong. I am mighty. I have this weight I'm going to kill. I'm going to do this stuff. And it's fine. It, and I, I'm excited. I'm really excited for it. Do you
0: see, you saw uh, Mission Possible, right? He's, uh, yes, it's, he's incredible in that film. Yeah, I thought he was great in it. And he, he, I think he has free reign to do a little bit more than he does with Superman, sadly. Um, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a really uh, fine actor. And um, it's, the most encouraging thing for me is that the accounts we're reading is that he really sought this out. He wanted that mm-hmm. part. And that to me goes a long way too. He, like this is a, a role he was excited for. So, um, you know, Gerald of Rivia never really been, uh, you know, a super muscular dude. I mean, he's a video game character, so he's, you know, superhuman. But uh, and now he's going to be big. <laughs> now he's going to be real big. And I wonder if they're going to gray him up and everything. I guess you have to, right?
1: Also, I don't know. I don't know if they're age shifting him. You know, they're not going a Tom Holland route, but maybe this is (laughs) Young Witcher, a a young Lil Witcher.
0: Witcher, Maybe
1: (laughs) he's been witchering his whole life, right? Like, so yeah. I mean, they're doing what's her
2: early
0: early Witcher days. The uh, Siri, Uh,
2: Siri. Yeah, they're they're putting Siri in the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry,
1: I was like, no, that's the iPhone. AI that yeah. doesn't work. Well. I wasn't sure
0: if Anthony was just asking his phone to do something. <laughs> do
2: you know the name of the character?
0: Will he have a
2: CGI upper lip in Witcher?
0: <laughs> no, he's saying yeah. the Witcher has uh, has the facial so hair, man. He, we know that he can bring here's that. Here's my question to you, though,
2: because they asked him. It was it was a very random thing, and they were like, oh, you know, are you a fan of the Witcher? Or, or he was talking about it. Do you think he had already been cast there?
0: Maybe. Maybe that's interesting. Maybe he just was sort of unable to Because he was very much like, I'm a fun.
2: super fan about this, read the books, and it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, Henry Cavill, he has already said he's very much like a big gamer, uh, all of this yeah. stuff to to support that. But it, was he a fan of The Witcher or was he preparing for the role? Was he auditioning? Did he know that the role was up and he read the books? Uh It's interesting to, to consider. I, mean, I think you can still be. You can still be a fan. I think that
1: can still be an honest answer, even if you've been cast as it. I mean, I think there's a way, an artful sure. way to answer that if you're not. And be like, you know, he's a great, engrossing character, and I'm really excited to get to play this complex character that so many people around the world have grown Definitely. to love. But it, it, his answer to me implied that he's actually a fan and is excited to play this. And I also, from what I had read, uh, what Jeff said, like he kind of sought it out and, and wanted, and maybe he wanted to do it because. He knows, you know, how great Netflix shows can be, kind yeah. of thing.
2: But, uh, yeah. I'm just curious because a lot of like, you know, like when they interviewed Michael Fassbender for Assassin's Creed, they're like, you familiar with the games? He was like, I was not.
0: <laughs> so <maybe> he's like,
2: <laughs> I'm gonna get this out there that I'm a fan, so that when the casting breaks, people will be like, he was already. We he was a fan,
0: right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a weird PR thing that needs to happen with with genre properties where it actress- definitely
2: seems weird that somebody w- that he would be bringing up The Witcher about a week before. <laughs> well, let me cast. ask.
0: Yeah, yeah. The way you know the way Hollywood works, it's not like you know one day. It's it, it, it's a process finding out if you're you know you're going to be headlining a show, uh, but. I'd like to step back and just ask a different question, which is, what do you guys think of this project as a whole? Um, we know that Lauren Schmidt rich, i hope I pronounced that correctly—who uh, wrote the Umbrella Academy comic book and worked—I was a writer on Marvel's Daredevil and the Defenders—is going to be uh, showrunning The Witcher for Netflix, uh, or at least they're saying overseeing it, which I would assume is showrunner. And uh, the description that the official description that. Netflix has put out as a PR uh, a blast. It, it sounds pretty cool. I'll read it to you. It says Gerald of Rivia, a solitary monster hunter struggles to find his place in a world where people often prove more wicked than beasts. But when destiny hurdles him toward a powerful sorceress and a young princess with a dangerous secret, the three must learn to navigate the increasingly volatile continent together. I mean, it's generic, but um I think first of all I think the the lore of the Witcher is definitely uh, can sustain a series like this the place it sits which is sort of between fantasy and horror in this weird you know realm between the two where it's kind of both and and kind of neither at the same time like it's its own unique milieu I think which is Cool and interesting. It doesn't. It's not going to feel like just another Game of Thrones ripoff. It. I think it'll feel like its own unique thing. So that's encouraging and top-notch talent. I. I think this is. Um, this might be you know one of the better video game to uh, live action kind of experiments. Uh, at least I'm hoping it will be. Uh, what do you it's, think? Yeah,
2: it's, it's possible. I. I'm. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm ex- I, I. think if you had ask me. Do I think that this would be an interesting TV series before Game of Thrones existed? No. But now that Game of Thrones has kind of set the blueprint for like, you need to put a budget forth to do these high fantasy type of things correctly. You know, you don't even need to cast a lot of, uh, known names, but although they are, you know, going for, for a main character with a big name actor, you, they're realizing like, You can't skimp on the CGI elements. You can't skimp on a lot of like the details and the, you know, you, you can't, you can't pretend like your audience is dumb. Like they do, like they used to do in the past with these high fantasy stuff. You have to just embrace the lore of the Witcher and, and deliver it. And people are either going to like it or they're not, but at least you, you did it honestly and earnestly. And I think that I, or at least I hope that that when Netflix and, and made the deal for the Witcher show that they went with the idea of like we want to do this right, just like HBO was like we want to do Game of Thrones as right as we can.
0: Dude. Yeah, and it never would have been greenlighted without the existence of Game of Thrones. Definitely, it, it is in the wake of those things. But hopefully, yeah, it will, it will be taken as seriously and given as much, uh, you know, su- substance as as that series. It does so. And I just but, want to
1: say I'm a fan of The Witcher. So if it comes out next week that somehow I get a job writing for it, I <laughs> 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 seed the conversation. Season two, whatever. I'm a fan of The Witcher. Uh, I read all the books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All the way through. I was all into the Lil Witcher series. It I, I bought them.
1: I did not get them at the library. Oh crap. I'm not I don't have the job you guys. I don't have <laughs>
0: Um, my story of the week, uh, is one, I think I got a little more excited about than I probably should have. I, I, I texted Christian when this hit the wire and I, and he was like, this, that did not warrant that reaction. Jeff. It was
1: full, it was full of expletives and exclamation points. And I either thought was someone full died. Of
0: expletives. It had like,
1: it was like four words and two were expletives. That's pretty. <laughs> no, and then there was a link weird. and I was driving and I was like, someone died and or someone got indicted. I'm not sure what <laughs> happened, but
0: no, uh, THQ Nordic got the rights to Kingdoms of Amalur. Uh, <laughs> I know it's it's a little underwhelming when I say it out loud like that, uh, but I was excited. I was excited. First of all, we talked—I don't know what two, three weeks ago now—about uh, uh, THQ Nordic getting the rights to Time Splitters and other things. It sounds like they are, you know, they got the they got the rights back to Red Faction, and we got that that remaster they they are reconstructing what once was THQ. <laughs> they're sort of slowly pursuing all these old IP and uh, reconstituting uh, what THQ, when THQ exploded and got splintered off into a lot of little pieces. It uh, looks like they're sweeping those up. And I think this is kind of rad. Kingdom of, uh, Kingdom of Amalur, not a successful property. Uh, you may remember it mostly for its, uh, Lawsuit, <laughs> um, yeah. because of 38 studios, really shady, kind of crappy way of getting funding. And, uh, Kurt Schilling, of course, was the guy who, who started 38 studios and it got sued by, I think it was like Mash- Massachusetts, the state of Massachusetts, yeah, or like Rhode Island or something, something. Yeah. like a state. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, so that game had, had a lot of shady sort of back dealings, but I reviewed the game when I was doing Totally Rad Show, and I really liked it. I thought it had a lot of of potential. It, it was definitely rough around the edges. It definitely wasn't uh, wasn't you know a, a, a perfect game in any stretch, but it had a lot of really I think charming features, and it had a really interesting uh, world. They did put a lot of emphasis on world building and, and creating what was going to be a setting that would sustain multiple games. In fact, they were working on, at the time of the closing, working on an MMO set in the same world called Copernicus. And actually that IP also is part of this deal. So THQ Nordic owns that. Who knows if they'll ever make that though? I, I find that hard to believe, but it's part of the, part of the overall deal. So, I don't know. I got excited about this. I'd like to see a return, (laughs) obviously. I'd like to see a return of Kingdom of Amalur. It was an action RPG. Like I said, it was was a a little rough, uh, and it probably wouldn't hold up now if you played it based on how far games have come since then. Uh, But it, uh, you know, I guess it was, what, 2011, 2012, something like that it came out. Uh, But uh, I I don't know. I I think it's cool that THQ Nordic is trying to be this is trying to sort of mine these old properties and bring them back to, to glory. And I, and I think it's cool that this one is going to make the list. So I'm, I'm excited. Genuinely. Uh, Anthony, what do you think? Did you play kingdoms of Amalur reckoning?
2: I did. I actually played a lot of it. I was really excited to see more of the series. I don't know if I was really digging the, you know, the idea of kingdoms of Amalur reckoning like leading into an mmo or whatever their their bigger plan was but i what i played of the game i really did enjoy it uh, it's one of those games that if you asked me you know what's a game that off the top of your head you would have liked to seen a sequel from it's probably one of the few that would come to my mind immediately so yeah anthony
1: I'm, what's a game off the top of your head that you'd like to
0: see a sequel to
2: advent rising I <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: didn't know how I expected it to Dang. Oh. <laughs> oh by the way it is Rhode Island uh, pardon me for saying Massachusetts that was what I had in my head but yes it was Rhode Island a 75 million dollar loan that was guaranteed by Rhode Island uh, so it was all real shady yeah. stuff
1: is there any other game off the top of your head Anthony that you'd like to
2: not, not that I can think of <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I'm drawing a blank I I would just <laughs> like to say that it is it is so weird and bizarre to see a company called thq nordic acquiring properties like older proper not older properties but properties that like fell by the wayside and like bringing them back it's like the most bizarre story wrapped together like nobody in like 10 years nobody will even know that thq went bankrupt sold all of its properties
0: yeah, and now, now
2: they all exist under THQ Nordic, and then <laughs> the eventually they're going to be known as THQ, yeah. and they're just going to be called THQ, and it's going to be
0: so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, maybe we'll get cool games out of it. So that's all that matters to me. Uh, if
1: we get Time Splitters, uh, and it's half of what I want Time Splitters for it to be, it's all worth it. Oh, in my I
0: point. I will take a Kingdom of some Amalur sequel. Saints Row flutters any day of the week you want more saints row really i feel like they've yeah. they've done everything they can do with saints row saints row has saints road as hard as it can saints
2: saints row. saints row just hits me right in the heart with the humor it's my type of like this is so <laughs> weird i love it
0: <laughs> well it definitely has that uh i just feel like that, that that has run its course but you know maybe there's more to be mined from that um somebody in the chat room mentioned that that um uh, Dark Stalker or Dark Siders, excuse me, Dark Siders Three uh, could. Four thirty two said, uh, "I keep forgetting Dark Siders Three exists. The thing is going to flop hard." Which I read that and I was like, "Oh yeah, Dark Siders Three is coming out, woohoo!" And he's like, "It's going to flop hard." So, uh, I, you know, we have different. I'm very excited that Dark Siders Three is coming out. I think that game's going to be awesome. I'm excited
1: too, but put on your analyst hat. Hit or flop? Flop.
0: Well. Can I tell you that I don't know when no. it's uh, hit or flop? Well, I don't know when its release date is. Is wow. its release date this year?
2: <laughs> that's uh, flop then. I mean, that's not good
0: that I don't know that.
2: Delayed into next.
0: Yeah, if it's like a February March game, then maybe it could be a hit.
2: I hope it's good. They released the it's newest February trailer. or March game. It could be a hit. What? what? what do you forget that February twenty second has three big games coming out? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Two of which are going to be very 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 popular. Mm-hmm. The
1: last trailer was good. I hope it's good, but I I am afraid for it. Yeah, I
0: <laughs> I, I, I want it to be good. I want it. To Toku be. says November. You know, is it when still nothing coming out November? Out. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, oh. it might be a it might it might be a flop. You mean, I hope you mean it's going to come out
2: next year? I hope. Like uh,
1: I like that game, but if I had to guess, flop or
0: hit? I would guess flop. November twenty seventh. So you know everything will have already been out by then. <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it found its, uh, found you'll its be, window.
2: You'll be done with Red Dead and you'll be like, time for Darksiders 3. Yeah. Here we go. It's right. Yeah. Who knows? Gonna, I guarantee you Sweet it'll spot. be 2019 and somebody will be like, did you ever play Darksiders 3? And you'll be like, totally forgot about that game.
1: Hold on. No. Hold on. Here's the... This is, I this is how I like to give Jeff it. a hard time. This is the question I get to ask him every time something like this happens. Uh, Jeff, what did you think of the new Mirror's Edge game? <laughs>
0: well played definitely i was very excited about mirror's edge too and i never (laughs) played it but that is an that is an outlier that is not a common you know situation where i'm excited about a game but also it came mirror's edge came out mirrors Edge two came out in a weird time i think it was like during e3 or something like november 27th (laughs) yeah all right guys laugh it up fuzzballs but uh you know uh Hey, do the Gerald voice and get us out of story of the week yeah, already. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's, let's move on. And we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta thank our sponsor. We're gonna thank, uh, we gotta thank the Squarespace. The Squarespace is the place for you to get anything that you need on the internet made into a website because Squarespace is the best way to make a website. And the truth is all of us need a website <laughs> at some point or another. You're going to need a website. Why hassle yourself with trying to learn HTML or hiring somebody for an exorbitant fee when you can do it yourself you can make it yourself turn your idea into a website yourself easily quickly beautifully that's the cool thing about squarespace is they don't sacrifice uh, aesthetic for ease of use you actually come out with a beautiful unique awesome effective website that eases your mind and makes things easy and quick but you made it yourself and you did it very, very easily, very, very quickly using their, their tools and you do it all online. Everything that you need to worry about with regard to having a website, uh, almost all of it's handled by them in the background. You never have to patch or upgrade anything ever. There's free and secure hosting. They have built in search engine optimization, all these things that people stress about Squarespace handles for you. Uh, you can, It's they got a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions uh, everything is optimized for multiple platforms and for mobile or anything you want right out of the box. You don't have to worry about it. You just make the website. It optimizes it. It does all the power, uh, the, uh, backend stuff for you. And there's e-commerce. If You want to sell something online? Make it, make it happen. Lickety split, just drag and drop. It's all what you see is what you get. The tools are simple. So make it yourself, create a website yourself. And if you go to squarespace.com slash you can get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, Use the offer code Jeff sent me, J E F F S E N T M E, all one word, and you save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or a domain. You can just do it; it's amazing. Thank you to Squarespace for supporting Five by Five and DLC. We appreciate it; they've been longtime supporters of us, and we love them too. All right, time to talk about some games we've been playing. Ooh, Anthony, uh, we, we are All going right. to get to Spider Man, but let's let's start talking about Destiny Two. Forsaken yes. is out; it's the new expansion. Uh, you your your torrid love affair with Destiny Two has had its ups and downs. It is has that, had its ups period? and
2: downs. I I think
0: yeah. I think
2: I'm not alone. I think uh, you know Destiny Two had that initial honeymoon period of like, oh, I like a lot of these changes. This is really fun but then you started to kind of see the flaws a lot more as you played more and more of it and then the first dlc was a big disappointment but over time bungie made a lot of changes they listened to the community Um, they started to implement those changes with the second dlc called Warmind. and then uh in in the kind of like lull of of the summer they implemented some even more changes and then forsaken is like more of okay we are keeping the storytelling that we did really well in destiny 2 we are introducing some new things that we have not done before and we're bringing back some of the systems that you really enjoyed from destiny 1 uh so it's it is it is the best in my opinion uh version of destiny uh currently as far as like what is on offer from like a a leveling standpoint, a gear collection, an activity standpoint. Like it really has a lot more going for it, but it is still destiny. So anybody that sees it is going to be like, well, this doesn't look terribly different and it's not terribly different, but it, it has that like gear grind. That's more exciting because they've added random perk rolls. It has a new mode called gambit that is like competitive PVE. That's really, really fun. Hmm. It has
0: a lot is a lot like what wow is doing right now with uh their their um island expeditions. Uh, tell me about the competitive p v e stuff so the way gambit
2: works is it's four v four and you you spawn into separate like arenas with enemies, and each enemy you kill drops a moat a moat of light. Uh mm. some of the stronger enemies can drop more. And what you're doing is you're collecting these moats and then you're banking them into this central area. And by banking certain tiers 5, 10, 15, you set, are sending a uh stronger enemy to the other side's moat bank to block the the bank. It it basically mm. shuts down the bank and they have to kill those blockers before the bank returns. Interesting. Um and then uh, once you hit certain uh, moat thresholds your your end goal is to get to 75 um, and then and something else happens I'll get to but at 25 and 50 it opens up a portal to the other team's place, their arena wow. so one person can go in they can see the icons of everybody not like perfectly see them but where they are and they can see how many motes they're holding on to so you can essentially, you know invade when you see that okay the the other team is holding a lot of motes i'm going to invade i'm going to go target them and you can like kind of like do these really big pulls and swings to to go in your favor um,
0: wait so you're you're act, you're actually attacking the other players correct
2: yeah you're you're oh. in their arena and and the the pve enemies do not target you and you can go in there and you can target the enemies and you can make them drop their motes um what makes it oh so
0: you're not attacking the other players you're attacking the the enemies that the players no no you're, stealing... you're talking
2: to the other players you're making oh. them drop the motes they're holding so for, oh i see so for example if you go in there and you see okay jeff has 10 motes you're like okay well jeff has the most motes i'm gonna go after jeff and i'm gonna kill him uh
0: because i haven't returned you to haven't banked, the bank. correct right yeah Okay, And then once you hit
2: 75 on your side, you summon a primeval, which is like a big striker or or, or strong boss. And then it's, it's your goal to kill that boss faster than the other team. So they're also working towards getting a primeval and then they're also working towards killing it. But once you summon a primeval, you can invade whenever you want under certain circumstances based on like... The success of invasions and whatnot. So when you invade and you get a kill, it heals the primeval. So you can do you can you can make a choice of okay, I'm gonna invade because they're like halfway done with the prime evil and heal it up, or I'm gonna stay here and we're gonna focus damage on the boss. Hmm. So it's it's really neat. It's it's something I've never experienced before, and it's really, really fun.
0: Sounds like there's a lot of strategy, team strategy in the midst of just, you know, trying to wreck everything.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you, if you are a coordinated group, you can, you can definitely, you know, pub stomp, but when you're up against two, you know, when it's two coordinated groups against each other, there's a lot of like interesting push and pull because an invasion at the right time, uh, success with debuffs and buffs on the prime evil and, and burning them down quickly. It's, it's really fun. It's a, it's a great, great addition
0: is that where you're spending a lot of your time in this expansion or what do you, well, you focused on
2: power leveling because i want to be ready for the raid on friday mm-hmm. um but yeah it gambit is i've played a, a good amount of gambit but that's mostly because there are now daily challenges and weekly challenges that that will raise your power level and there's a lot of things to just do every day that was one of the things that was missing from destiny Two in year one was like, oh, I did all my milestones. I'm done. Now there's things to do every day to raise the power level of your character or collect gear. And now it sounds like
0: they're really leaning into the MMOness. Yes,
2: absolutely. And now it's like the gear collection grind is more fun because you may get that weapon and it may not have the roles you want. So you pursue the next one. Whereas mm-hmm. in year one, it was like, okay, this weapon has these roles.
1: Right. two right. questions for you uh one is how is this for me and people like me that really you know i level capped in destiny 2 did not pick up either of the other expansions yeah. enjoyed the single player quite a bit uh heard that the you know single player quote-unquote story content in the other two expansions was limited and then two um channing tatum as gambit
2: <laughs> Channing Tatum as oh I get it I get it
0: <laughs>
2: I will answer two first that movie's never coming out. <laughs> Aww. Uh, Fox is just or Marvel is just going to let those Fox properties lapse and then start again. But number one, I think you'll enjoy it because I uh, based on you know us talking about Destiny Two, you enjoyed the story and you enjoyed the grind of Destiny Two, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And- yeah, I'm, the. So how long's the story com- content content um, content? If
2: you if you did did everything that has a story element tied to it, and you didn't mm-hmm. run past enemies and or do anything like that, I would say six hours. Huh, not um, bad.
1: But then and then how intimidating is all the new
2: armor, gun, gear? It rolling? can be pretty intimidating, like, but it's all you know fun changes. Like it's not. It's not as though like, oh, because you don't have weapons with good rolls, everything feels strong because over time they, they made changes before the launch of Forsaken to kind of boost your power. uh I shouldn't say boost your power, boost like your damage and make make things feel uh, more fair in terms of like the delta of damage so that it's not like, hmm. OK, I'm going in here. And these enemies are this power level and I'm just like not capable of doing it. Now it's a little more doable even at activities that are rated for higher power level. And it's not difficult to get power because every, there are so many things on the map at every reset that it's like, oh, man, there's I have spent the last five days and I still have so many things left to do. Like there's so many things <laughs> to do. Um, every,
1: every uh, I thought of a new, a, a new on. third question. Then, For, and I don't know if you know this because you are not this person, but um, if you had skipped those other two expansions and you get this one and you you know use your level up coin or whatever it's called, like how does it onboard a player into this new content? Because I'm not really looking to go and play the stuff I'd missed, so but I
2: would like to play this new stuff. If I you think. if you get Forsaken, you get one spark of light. Uh, yeah. And on your character, whichever character you choose, if you only have one character, you can apply that spark of light. But what it does is complete every piece of story content up to Forsaken. So you have all oh, the subclasses that were available. You have completed, but you can't go back and play them. So it's like you know re- you're you're basically saying like I'm in it for Forsaken. I don't care about Curse of Osiris, Warmind, whatever. Like it completes everything. And you brings you up to level thirty, and I think like power level like three hundred twenty, and so huh. then you're free to do Forsaken. Uh, what about like gear, gear guns? It gives I, you. It gives. i you like a set want of, to play this instead of PC. two blues in each slot. Okay, and then you you collect okay. gear.
1: Yeah, because I think I want to play this on PC, but I started replaying PC. My main character or my level cap PC character is a Titan. I just didn't enjoy that compared to a warlock for my personal play sure. style. So yeah, I'd probably spark of light a warlock, but then I feel like I wouldn't have what I want. But I'd assume as I go through the campaign, I'd start getting gear. Yeah,
2: it's it's pretty. It's quickly. really year one stuff is all. You know, there's a there's a, a few exceptions. There were some really good weapons in year one, but for the most start, for the most part, the year two stuff is going to be superior because it has. Uh, more interesting perk rolls they can be random so you can get perk rolls that better fit your play style um there's an additional perk so in year year two it was you know one kind of cool perk was like the main perk now there's kind of like two cool perks for every weapon plus Mm -hmm. plus like a little uh like a type of rounds or like a type of um uh, whats I don't know what's the best way to describe it, but mostly rounds so like you can have like uh, a perk called outlaw that reloads fast a perk called kill clip that after a kill you get more damage plus put uh, like uh, high caliber rounds on that weapon whereas before it was like high caliber rounds plus outlaw or kill clip. So it, it it definitely the the weapons you're gonna get in forsaken are for the most part gonna be superior. Hmm. Okay. yeah it's it's 100 percent. like if you enjoyed destiny 2 and you were just like i fell off the wagon and i'm looking for something a little more meaty like destiny 2's main campaign was like this campaign is is really fun it has eight kind of it's like a magnific- magnificent seven but they're the enemies kind of idea of like mm-hmm. these eight barons have escaped from a prison and they're all like unique enemies uh it's really cool Maybe I'll
1: pick it up November 27th
2: because I don't Go think anything it? else is coming
0: out then. So. <laughs> well, Christian, and before you said that, I was going to say I have a I have a code for you. I have a PC code for you. So if you want if you want it, I have
1: it for you. Oh yeah, cool. No, that's okay. yeah. Please, yes, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you got to have something for your uh, your shiny new video card when it arrives very soon. Ooh, yeah, how about have... this?
1: I will pay you one quarter of the
0: price. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you say jokes that are literally only for me. Hey, this show's for us. <laughs> no one's listening. That's a, that's the most useful part. Um <laughs> Yeah, it th- th- sounds like they're, uh, you know, they're on the right, they're back on on track and they've won you back. Uh, I know that you were you were not super happy with Destiny 2, you yeah. know, a year ago at this time. Uh They, they
2: essentially took it from like it making it a little more like uh an experience that you were were doing. Okay, I'm doing it up till this point that I hit this like finish line to it's more of a hobby now like there's always some, you know there i like this weapon i'm just gonna do the activities that can give me this weapon until i get a role i like and then move on to the next thing whereas in year one it was more of like i'm just i'm moving i'm inching closer to that finish line but once i hit that finish line there's nothing more that i can do that's worth doing
0: right it's an MMO. It is. You're never done. You're never done. I'll be getting to that in, in my playlist. But let's talk Spider-Man. Um, the Spider-Man is out. And uh, I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. Everybody here is is played it. I finished the Spider-Man. Um, but uh, I would love to hear. Christian, let's start with you and uh, hear your take on, uh, on how Spider-Man has been has, has, you have received a game that has been highly anticipated by us. I mean, we we gave it our uh, game of E3, uh, not last year, but the year before. Uh, we had Brian Intihar, the game director, on our show. We have been very much anticipating you and I are both web heads uh, and, and fans of the of the character. So what, what are you, what's your feeling? Are you, you know, I know that you had positive feelings after this year's E3 when you got hands-on, but have they sustained? Yeah, I
1: lobbied for it to be game of show
0: again. yeah i know i yes that's true i I think it definitely could have deserved it if we hadn't uh, you know i just had a weird thing about giving it the same game two years in a row but uh what do you think what do you think man
1: yeah so no there will not be any plot spoilers here in any way shape or form in part because i think i've only done um maybe three story missions (laughs) but i have all the side missions i think yeah, <laughs> i think i'm 30 through you know the air quote game and only have done three story missions Chris, um, you um, you'll,
0: you'll, no you'll find that yeah you'll find that's oh, not I know. the case no 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 <laughs> i know I, but i'm telling
2: you my in-game completion sure. my so recommendation immediate. is don't clear out the map yet
1: i might i i I try not to listen to things like that because to me those nah. are spoilers uh so I'm gonna pretend you didn't just spoil part of the game
2: for me stuff
0: always opens up. Uh, let's just say that, and you'll you know, uh, how, uh, you're, do what you yeah, it with, it yeah anymore, it's not a
2: spoiler. you can look at the map and see
1: yeah so i uh i I love it with my whole heart um i hmm, I don't know if it's as good as God of war, but where I am right now with my time with Spider-Man today, as we are recording this, I like it more than God of War. Mm. It is, I think, and I might have to rethink Celeste or something else that is at the top of my list. But as of right now, I think it is my favorite game of the year. I think the way that they brought so much of the character to life in the game is phenomenal. I think the way that they capture so many different parts of who spider-man is um and especially through mixed runs you know you can see some ultimate inspiration quite a bit of ultimate inspiration but also stuff that you know it's back to the silver age version of this character and
0: it's a way his own thing like they they found a way to carve out their own version of this world, this character's world. And I, I, kudos, like that, that is the hardest road to hoe. You know, when you're making a Spider-Man game, you can lift easily from established things and, and you don't have to do that, but they actually, I think it's bold the way characters look like characters, like Aunt May and others, like they really decided to put their mark on this character and I think it is a huge risk, and it really paid off.
1: Yeah, and so all the stuff you said last week, the general praise, I 100% stand by. But I'd like to, if we may, I want to talk about some specifics that I feel like in just because, you know, you're talking about it early, we didn't get into last week. So right. I think specifically, and also I think I played the Arkham games deeper than you did Jeff well, not a slight to you but just kind of how they resonated for me
0: that was going to be my my big question to you as you said you like it more than God of War do you like it more than Arkham because I yes you're definitely I think you're a bigger Batman fan than I am because I'm sort of yeah, a Marvel probably. zombie from way back and I think you I mean I really liked those games and played almost all of them uh, but I think you really loved those games so so do, how do you think these two compare
1: so, yeah, what I think is great about Spider-Man is moving around the world, like, specifically, what it does, and again, where I am in the game, things might change. I don't know. I haven't looked. But uh, it doesn't really punish you for failing, but it does reward you for doing things even better, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so there there might be times where something or someone gets away from you because you weren't fast enough in terms of swinging, but uh, even then you're not punished for slapping into a wall. You're not punished for swinging too high and not having anything to web onto where your momentum totally stalls out until you're able to get to something that you can grab onto again. You're not punished if you don't time it just right and get the extra prompt or the extra momentum boost uh, as you catapult off of something later in the game. If you do all of those things right and time your web swings and really get your acceleration going and have like a nice pendulum to it and get those taps just right. You're rewarded with speed boost, and it feels even better, but at no point, I remember Brian talking about this, uh, I think it was maybe this year at E3 when we were talking to him, uh, if you run into a wall, you can just keep running up it, and it will kind of help correct you in the way that you're going. At no way does it feel like it's playing the game for you, but it's so smart in the way that you are playing as this character in an eight-year-in or whatever Spider-Man That wouldn't stop them. In earlier games, I don't know if it was technical limitations or or whatnot. You know, you'd hit a wall and you'd go into the crawled uh, wall crawling animation that would be two miles per hour, and you're just like, ah, how do I get off this? I can't get off the build. You got to find a ledge. You got to jump off. And the way that this allows you to link traversal and go in and out of things without punishing you for mistakes
0: is is phenomenal. So
1: that's the first thing. The second thing I'll tee up well, well, b- is before the combat, you, but okay. Yeah, before
0: you go there, I, I, the, the only, I know you're, you were talking about that specifically with traversal and I agree hundred uh, percent how, how sublime that feels. My only, one of my very few criticisms with the game is that it does rely on a very old school uh, mission failed state in, in mm-hmm. some things. Uh, and I wish there had been a more elegant solution. I'm never a fan of, of that, Uh, mission failed. You didn't do it. Mm -hmm. However, very generous with, uh, with um, quick save points. And you never had to go back a a tremendous amount, even when you mission failed. Um, But yeah, there were some times where it was just like, Oh, you let them get away or you were caught or, you know, you're in a stealth mission or whatever things that that's just one of the things that irks me about video games is when I just get a mission failed title card um and so that isn't exactly what you're talking about but it is it is a a minor criticism i do have of the game
1: yeah and i think there are several of those and i think maybe when we get to end of the year discussion this might be a game that doesn't even get my top spot because of a death of a thousand cuts where it's like um you know, I don't want to harp on the negatives. I don't want to be like the negative guy. But, like, you know, the, the open-world missions get repetitive. You can only find someone in a trunk so many times. And I get that New York's a big city and a lot of crime, and I guess people are getting stuffed in trunks. But the way those play out, the anime, it's like it, it starts to feel open-world gamey. right? And you're just like, well, this is a thing that happens in those games. But Horizon Zero Dawn, I think, did it better, made it feel more fresh. And I think God of War and its take on an open-world also made those feel a little fresh and the um, loads aren't hidden and and then I'm, I'm farther than three-story missions. I was exaggerating earlier. Um, I think the boss fights in some of those moments, while so cinematic and incredible to watch, are, are maybe the least fun moments of the game for me um, in the sense that they are old school boss battles, right? Where you're, you, you you are doing, you figure out the thing, you do the thing, you do the thing, maybe 10 more minutes than you wish you were doing the thing. Um, and then you move on. And the rest of the combat, the um, combat towers, I'll call them are, are just phenomenal. And especially as you unlock different moves and, and items that you can use and the way the, the things that I'm able to pull off me in control of the character, um, you know, webbing a person, swinging them into four other people and then grabbing that other person, immediately launching them into the air, following that person into the air, getting enough hits on them to stun them that then I attach my webbing to someone else, zip down to them, hit them, turn over to the heavy, web that person up, unleash my, you know, suit power on the other heavy that I haven't webbed yet, and then get back up to that first person who I hit in the air, who is still juggled in the air to take them down and, finish them off, the flow of that combat and the speed in which Spider-Man moves feels so refreshing. Um, and so it's hard for me to say that this is better than Batman because I've done so many Batmans. I think if I had played four Batmans or four Spider-Mans and Batman came out, I'd be like, oh this is awesome. I love the slow, heavy weight of Batman. It's just <laughs> how Batman would punch. Right. Um, so that's how I feel right now. It's like coming from all these Batman games it was awesome. Batman would flip over a person and those hits were just meaty knuckles to the face. In Spider-Man I'm sliding through people's legs, webbing someone in the face, jumping off a wall, pulling down scaffolding, and it feels incredible. But I can't say that one is necessarily better than the other cuz Spider-Man would not exist but for Batman. Also, I've already talked a lot, so Anthony, you can <laughs> you can chime in, but I love
0: I love this game. Yeah, Anthony, how far are you along in Spider-Man? Uh,
2: I'm pretty cl- – I'm working on 100%. I'm done with the the like story um, and and I've just been working on like kind of clearing everything out, trying to go for the platinum trophy, but then yeah. Forsaken came out. Um, but- <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, and there's always something to do in Forsaken. It's true.
2: Uh, I would say that the greatest success of Spider-Man to me is that – It is an open world. It's also the success of a game like uh, God of War or like Horizon Zero Dawn, is that it's an open world game. It has a lot of things to do that maybe you would consider dull or repetitive, but because the mechanics are so fun, you want to do them. You know, like yeah, I didn't enjoy fast traveling that much because I really did like getting better at doing the point launch and doing the you know figuring out how to swing so perfectly that I didn't really care that I was, you know, 1200 meters away from the destination. It was kind of like, well, let me see how fast I can get there. Let me see if I I I, increase my time.
0: There was a, there's a, a little period at the beginning of the game where you don't have fast travel. And I, for a little while was like, I, I want this game not to offer it. Just don't even offer it. Like I would give the game so much credit if they didn't. Although Manhattan is big enough where it's you know there's a couple of times I'm like, well I'm glad I.
2: Yeah, I I did (laughs) end up doing fast travel, but it was it was one of those situations where I didn't mind swinging, I didn't mind repetitive you know combat encounters because it was like okay for this combat encounter I'm going to try out this gadget or I'm going to you know mess around with this.
0: yeah, I agree. The other thing that I think is uh, this sort of new wave of open world games. God of War is another great example. Not so much with with Horizon Zero Dawn, but the other thing that that makes the traversal fun and uh, not feel like a chore is there's constantly stuff. To listen to there's constantly world enhancing narrative being fed to me with god of war you know you're having these conversations with your son in this game you're listening to jana jonah jameson podcast you're getting phone calls you know it pops you out of a, a story mission and invariably you're perched in this awesome epic scenic spot and then your phone rings and you can already start heading to your next thing as you're chatting with somebody on the phone and it's like Yes, well,
2: I am, I would say I did, would say that not to you know the, to contradict you on that, but m- the Mimir conversations are do, fill that out in God of War when you're when you're traveling. Like he, I never, no, 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 oh, no I think he said God of War is also. Oh, been. yeah, yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. Is saying, like, these two games. Oh, I thought you were yeah, saying no, no, God these, of War didn't do God. Sorry.
0: No, no, I'm saying Horizon Zero Dawn didn't oh, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're God, right, God right. of War and Spider Man are sort of this new example of. Uh, you know, just constantly giving you interesting things to occupy your time as you're moving from place to place in an open world. You know, it's such a, I think it's such a a big difference in the. And feeling. listen up
1: to here, as Jeff's podcasting. I'm here to tell you about my podcast about podcasts. <laughs> While you listen to Jeff, you can listen to me. <laughs> hey, it's your mom, Jeff. Jeff, what are you doing? Are you podcasting?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm podcasting, hey. mom. Uh late. I I know I'm la- I'm always late. That's just me. I'm just always late and I have superpowers.
2: Oh <laughs> what? Oh my god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that I I think I think that these two games show how uh how much of an improvement that is. You know, okay. if you had like, you know, Assassin's Creed narrative playing all the time when you're wandering around, I think it would do a lot to
2: instead that. of like oh, i've got to go kill this guy and then you restart the next mission he's like i've got to go kill this guy he's Like, Dude, i'm collecting all the feathers stop telling me I need to go kill this guy i have things right. to do
1: it just i feel adds like a- it's a nice evolution of what gta has been doing whereas gta it was the radio right you could listen to the talk radio and it would do that or the you know they had a yeah, lot of but- really great world banter and this is, feels like a nice progression of yeah. that like right. they took that idea and improved upon it and made it even more integral to the world that you're Definitely. experiencing yeah
0: you'd be in a car in GTA and then you know something interesting would be happening and you'd get out of the car and you're like well n- lost that forever <laughs> <laughs> you know like you can ever get back to whatever that heck that was uh but also you know i think i think it's sort of uh, uncharted kind of had some of that with you know walking and talking uh with with sully and you know there are other games that have done aspects of it i just think this is a matrization of of that notion and and just a a richer tapestry of stuff that you know is fed to you constantly and there's and because the spider-man lore is so deep and dense there's like tons of cool things to to you know inject into that layer of of information it's just i mean just the fact that like every backpack that i find isn't just a you know a collectible it's an actual kind of it's got a little story it's got a a, a little piece of of lore and it's got a vo of peter telling me what's important about it like that stuff matters you know
1: Uh, i want to know who's cooked everything (laughs) already because someone has
0: right (laughs) i also like the, there's a big reason that Peter Parker is always poor, and it's because he spent thousands of dollars on backpacks.
1: <laughs> did you not get that VO? That's answered.
0: Oh, is it? No, it I did not answered. get that
1: VO. I'll tell you.
2: I don't want to spoil it. Oh, I spoiled it by saying
1: it's oh, answered, but you know what yeah. I mean. It's, uh, <laughs> I, so it's answered. My,
2: my only yeah. like, thing that I, I feel, you know, this is pure speculation, but I feel like the the story of the game was insomniac wanted to tell one story and marvel was like you we would like to you to tell that story and i feel like they ultimately fight against themselves i'm not going to get into specifics really? because it would be a spoiler but i do i do feel as though there's uh, the 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 structure of the story the arc of the narrative uh is is not as well done as i would have liked
0: hmm I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. In fact, Christian, I, I would love to do a you know, full spoiler story discussion about this game when you finish it, because um, I think it deserves it. I mean, I think I, I've said I don't agree with with Anthony's assessment of the story. I think if it was the film, if this was a, a big film and it was just this, like shot for shot almost, um, I would think it was a great film. I really do. I think it's very
1: Hey, Jeff, your dad and I started eating without you. Um,
0: just <laughs> I, so you know. I have superpowers. I could, be there, the I could be there anytime, mom. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I want to. I mean, I'm going to finish it. I'd be playing it now, but for this show, I think about it when I'm not playing it, which I think is the hallmark of a of a game that I'm really enjoying. And, right. uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's phenomenal. I mean, hats off to everybody at Insomniac for, for the game. And call me a Sony fanboy or not. I don't get me, I love Forza Horizon. I love a lot of things that are on Microsoft consoles, but God of War, this, um, and then there's another one Ghost of Tsushima looks
2: incredible 3 it's, years in a row man. Christian Spicer number 1 game of the year going to be a Sony
0: exclusive I, yeah, yeah man Well this We're, year
1: it's going to be a fight I, between the I, top 2 I yep. think I'm glad we got
0: those those Sony paychecks right Christian that uh yeah, Sony grease in our pockets
1: Me paying them for their games yeah. I love those paychecks
0: <laughs> I know there's, there's, there's this one guy. keeps sending me an email like, you guys are in the pocket of Sony, which is funny because back in the TRS days, you were in the pocket of big Xbox. Microsoft is giving you money. There's always like, you know,
1: everybody. I wish this game was multi. I, I, I honestly, I wish um, like it's a little different because God of War. That's such a, a Sony created IP. But I, I wish everyone could play this game. I, I tweeted it I out agree. when I started it up and I had a moment. That was akin to when I watched the first Avengers in theaters. Where Avengers, I started actually crying, like tears actually coming down my cheek. This, I just
0: got teary eyed. Me I too. To I know exactly thinking. what you're talking about. It made me cry too. Well, I was and I was like, like I, not the only I time in the believe, game I cried. I cried multiple times. Yeah,
1: I I couldn't believe I was playing this game. I, it's yeah. just like this is a ge- and I'm again Marvel. I love Marvel. I love DC too, but I I love Marvel. I, I have my 1974 you know Spider Man poster framed in my in my house, but it was just like and I felt the same way playing Batman, but it's like, this is just a a game that you get to play now. This is, this is the next year. This won't be the stand, the gold standard. This will be the expectation of what yeah. these games are. Like there was a moment where I came down off of a, a strange house, uh, <laughs> manor in New York and came around the corner. And I was like, this is where our this is where everybody fought Thanos in that movie. Like it was that <laughs> corner and it's just yeah. uh, I don't want to be
2: that guy, but but Christian, I think Red Dead will be the game that says this is how the open world should work.
1: I hope so. Oh, I mean you, wait, throwing I want, down the gauntlet.
2: I want nothing more than for Red though Dead I, to make me go. Go Spider Open world God of War and Spider man suck. Spider Man follows a very familiar template.
0: Yes. You don't think that Red Dead's going to follow a familiar template? Well, based of on other based on what they've showed, it seems very
2: different. Like in that you can interact with NPCs and kind of determine a lot of the world around you.
0: I mean, I think the game is going to be great too, but I don't think it's going to feel not like a Rockstar game. Sure, well, but you maybe.
1: never know. I'm ready to say 2018 is better than 2017, which I never thought I'd say, but I am I'm cruising toward that destination. I can't I can't believe the but quality how much of games do you love your Switch? Oh, dude! Yeah, so tw- I was playing. So 20, 2017
2: will always be the year you got the switch. But I don't care when I got it. Yeah, but it's all like, it, do you love you know the later years with your children, or, or your wife, or do you love the moment where you married your wife and your children were born more?
1: I always love the later years where we introduce a new infant to keep things fresh. Fair enough.
2: <laughs> That's the birth. <laughs>
1: Um, I also want to say quickly because I know we've talked about Spider Man a lot. I just want to get it in here. Um, I thought I was done with Fortnite and I thought Fortnite was hashtag over, but the heist mode, a high stakes getaway mode that they introduced, is tons of fun. Just real quickly, if you don't know what it is, it's four v four, uh, or groups of four. Sorry, sixteen teams of four. There are four uh, vaults on the map. You have to go and get a big llama gem and escape, and it's chaotic, tactic. It's Uh, The gem keeps getting dropped, and it's a really fun mode that, you know, keeps that game fresh in a way that I thought they were kind of done doing. So keep playing Fortnite, I guess. My
0: favorite thing is when you declared Fortnite over, and it's literally the biggest game in the world, and every kid kid in America plays it, literally every child. There's not a child in America that doesn't play it.
2: There is not a child in America that does not know how to do the floss dance. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's true man <laughs> uh, you want to you want to bond with anyone that has kids uh, you just say a Fortnite and they're like oh my god you know about that <laughs> the, the best is at the
2: Destiny 2 reveal they, they had invited a lot of people and one of the people that they invited was a kind of struggling streamer by the name of Ninja and I happened to be <laughs> in the bar and I met him and talked to him and so now when I see kids I go I had a drink with Ninja and
0: they're all like let me touch you
2: Give me some
0: of your <laughs> essence. Don't give him any of your essence. That's not good. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the games we've been playing, but I want to thank our second sponsor, Chegg. Now, we were just talking about uh, kids these days. Uh, there's something else about kids these days. They ha- Are they living in in a Gilded Age? They're living in an amazing time. Because when I was in college, I had uh, – this is going to date me uh, and make me sound ancient – Uh, But there was no internet. (laughs) We had no internet. I mean, we had the beginnings of internet when I was in college. But we didn't have something like Chegg. What is Chegg? Chegg, C-H-E-G-G. Chegg is the thing that makes going to college better, honestly. You can search free scholarships. You can browse course reviews. You get 24-7 study help. And you can rent textbooks for a fraction of the cost of your college bookstore, all in one big education redefining student hub. This is a hub for students that has everything. Uh, Chegg is the leader in online study assistance. Whether you need uh, textbook solutions or expert Q&A, there is no better tool to help you ace any class than Chegg study. How great is that? You got study tools. You got ways to improve your performance in class. You've got textbooks. You've got the ability to not spend an arm and a leg. I spent so much money on physical textbooks that are actually still in boxes somewhere in my house because I was like, I'm not throwing those away. I spent a fortune on them. Um, you can study at home or on your desktop or anywhere on the go with Chegg study mobile. They have a mobile app that helps you, uh, to do it. And they have uh, subscriptions that are affordably priced and can be canceled at any time. And you get online study assistance that doesn't break your wallets, which is really nice. You can uh, tap into Chegg's massive library of step-by-step textbook solutions, and you can get 24-7 expert help. So if you need help right away, you know, if you're like me, when I was in college, uh, I was working on stuff at like three o'clock in the morning. That's why it's important to have 24-7 help. You can call somebody and get an answer back in as little as two hours, anytime, anywhere. This is great. So, For $5 off your first month subscription, go to Chegg.com slash DLC. That's C-H-E-G-G dot com slash DLC. And use promo code DLC when you check out for $5 off your first month subscription. Uh, If I was in college, man, I'd be using this. It sounds great. It sounds like something that I wish I could throw back in time and give to myself. (laughs) Chegg. All right, guys. Um... Uh, I'm very glad that I have finished Spider-Man. I'm not hundred percent of the game. I probably will continue doing fun stuff in it, but uh, that's because I am, I am just very much relating to Anthony Taramina's description of always something to do because I'm back so, so hard in world of Warcraft. Uh, You've heard me talk about it last few weeks, battle for Azeroth still going strong. I'm still, Absolutely jonesing to play it every day, finding time to scrape together to just jump in and do a few world quests, get that eye level up. Uh, I've I've found the joy of transmog hunting. Uh, you can make your weapons look differently with transmogrification, and you can go back and do some of the old content from 14 years worth of World of Warcraft, find really cool looking weapon mod you know, weapon looks or armor looks. And you just go back to an old uh, an, an old raid that at the time required 20 people and coordination and tons of uh, time and effort. And now you can go back by yourself because you're out-leveled and just one-shot everything. It's uh, such a power trip and awesome. Just run through old raids, one-shot bosses, have them drop five purple items and hopefully something looks cool that you can track, transmog your items into. And doing that, having fun with that. But the newest thing that I have discovered, which I always retreated from, quite honestly, for the last 14 years of playing World of Warcraft, I found the love of PvP. I'm into PvP, guys. I I always played on a PvP server. I liked the, the sort of risk-reward of the PvP server. It, it was frustrating sometimes when you'd get ganked by roving hordes of horde because— I'm for the Alliance forever, but uh, I enjoyed that. I always thought that was a fun, it was thematic, you know, it added cool flavor to the world. Yeah. If there's a, if there are two factions, then yeah, I should be on my guard when there are other players of that faction around. I thought that was neat. So I always played on PVP servers. There's no such thing as PVP servers anymore. Everything is you turn it on or turn it off. But what I never did was go into actual PVP matches, do any of the battleground stuff, um, and I, I never did arena. I have found some love with doing that stuff. And I think it has a lot to do with my deep obsession with heroes of the storm and sort of falling in love with just, you know, player versus player and team based, um, action like that, uh, just how to play that, that I've learned how to play that game and how, to think about games like that I think is, is, uh, you know, yielding dividends here and how to not get into fights where I'm outnumbered and, you know, use my teammates and, and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm really loving it, man. I'm, I'm, I queue in for battlegrounds solo and jump in and and play capture the flag and stuff with my, with my wow character. And, uh, I've been digging it the last week. Uh, and it's a, it's a whole new world for me. And, And again, wow is, is like you're describing destiny Anthony with always something to do. I mean, there's tons to do There's constant and it's a second job, right? But when you love and um, I'm, a- I've added another thing to it, like building up my honor, my rep, uh, getting my conquest points to try to earn rewards. It's just great. I'm just, I'm loving wow so much right now And battle for Azeroth is so good and they're dropping raids and I'm getting my eye level up and I want to do mythics with my buddies and, it's great. It's so good. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, I mean, It, it definitely um, sounds so-
2: like we are in a similar obsessed state currently. You've been in it for longer. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, have only been into in it for a short period of time, but I'm definitely like feeling it. I felt it multiple times during Destiny 1 and I'm feeling it again.
0: It's fun. It's so fun. And there's a mobile app for wow where you can see what new world quests are available and you can assign your little uh, followers to go and do little quests to give you Azerite power or, you know, gold or whatever. And so I'm like doing that when I'm not at my computer and I'm just wishing I could be at my computer and
1: what if you had a computer you could play it on like anywhere? I don't, I don't know what that is. I what is that? So something I would like have on the top of my lap. That I mean we're on crazy. top of a table, you know, or like it's like a notebook but is a computer that you could just play it on. Some sort of notebook computer? What if? Yeah, what I don't know. If. Now
2: it I have it wow in your eyes.
0: <laughs> now we're talking. Put it in my eyes, which is the perfect segue <laughs> to uh VR talk. VR. Some big releases lately in in VR, specifically on PSVR, and all three of us have played uh, one of the newest, Firewall Zero Hour, which is a military first-person shooter uh, in VR, on PlayStation VR. It is online-only, team-based multiplayer. Uh, Christian, why don't we start with you? Tell me about playing Firewall Zero Hour. What do you think of it?
1: It came together real nice, in my opinion. I remember we played it, was it two E3s ago? And it was fun, but I don't know if it was the lighting in the room. Like, I kept getting disconnect or uh, tracking errors, and I was like, oh, this game has potential, but uh, there were several buts at the end of that sentence for me. Um, Playing it at home on my personal setup, I'm playing seated. I'm playing with the DualShock controller, but really enjoying it. Like I'm not good. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I haven't, I haven't really supported my team much. I've been a, an anchor um, that calls out like, oh, the balcony and then gets killed. <laughs> but there is a tension to it that it, it I mean, it's VR adds a level of immersion, right? That it, it feels different than rainbow six siege. Um, in you know, the fidelity it it looks worse with the resolution of the PSVR headset and putting on the headset and sitting down to play takes more time than sitting at my computer and firing up Rainbow Six for example so like there are there's pros and cons but, but what when if you i had take a computer the
0: time, you could take anywhere
1: hmm what would it be called
2: what if it was in your eyes
1: which is a perfect transition for our ne- <laughs> um, but if you know, you sit down, you're willing to mess up your hair, whatever you want to do, yeah, and play this game, the it's really slick. The the I think for me the difference, the the level of immersion that VR adds for this over something like Rainbow Six or Counter Strike is the scale. And even though you're sitting at a computer playing and you can have your character duck behind a table or a desk or whatever it is, the difference in having the table be table height or the door you know, taking up your vision the way it would in real life, even if it's not high resolution, adds a level of claustrophobia and chaos to these firefights where you're ducked down under a table thinking like, am I low enough? Like, <laughs> yeah. am I literally low enough? Is my head poking out? Can I get this lean? You're pulling your gun up to aim down the, you know, the red dot site or whatever. And what that adds to the feeling for me it makes it feel much more visceral and chaotic intense than as I'm sitting a foot away from my computer screen um, playing a similar type game. Again, I'm not good at it, uh, but I've had a lot of fun I've had a lot of fun playing. I'm curious. I think I've had it longer than you, Jeff, but I don't yeah. know Anthony how much time you've put in, but I'm curious your
2: thoughts. I put in a decent amount. I think I think there is a lot of things that come out for PlayStation VR, which is kind of like the easy to do VR for me. I don't have a lot of space. I have a child as well, so I, we all have children, but uh, I just I don't have the space to like set up like a vive or a rift perfectly and i have them the the rift set up well enough but it's easier to just do the vr uh playstation vr so i think that i'm more eager to check out things on playstation vr but a lot of things will come out and it's just like ah this this doesn't understand how to make it you know it's it's just trying to capitalize on this or that this game actually seems very much like I know what I'm trying to do in terms of uh, my my goals, and I know what the game wants to deliver. And it looks really cool in VR. It, it it feels like it marries the VR concept well with the gameplay to the point that I I do enjoy it. I think that it is probably one of my favorite PlayStation VR games. It's it's hmm. it's. It's solid. I I really enjoy it. Granted, there are not a lot of PlayStation VR games that I love, but it's much, much closer to the top than even the middle for me.
0: Awesome. Uh, In in a shocking twist, I'm going to be the least enthusiastic person about this game. Uh, Hmm. uh, Not because I don't think it's good. I I do think it's good. I think it's an effective version. And I think this idea in VR is awesome it's just not my jam, you know, I just don't like military shooters uh if i'm I'm not gonna play Ring, Rainbow six it's not my not my interest level. I used to play Rainbow Six back in the day, but it was only because my buddies were doing it and I was going to wanted to hang out with them uh I just I need more fantasy in my video games i'm not I'm just not into the military shooters, even call of duty like that's just that is enough fantasy to get me <laughs> to get me to play a military shooter like just get me let me you know. Jump and run fast and and do over the top crazy things, but the like one to one, you know, check your six, uh, you know, cover your corners. There's a flashbang going off in the room, all that paramilitary stuff. It's just not my jam. I I think the game is effective. I like the VRness of it. I think the team play is really fun, and. Another example of many that I think I've talked about on the show uh, of how great it is to have a team, uh, have a have a multiplayer experience, a cooperative experience inside VR. It's, there's nothing better than that. I, I really do think it's fun to play cooperative games anyway, but to be able to see a person move like a person in VR and they're standing next to you and they're the full size of a person yeah, I mean, we're still in primitive days because it only tracks so much of that person. But still, you, you recognize it as being human. And you recognize it as being controlled by a human, not, not, not controlled you know, by the computer. So that alone is, is huge. But there are lots of great examples of that in VR already. And um, so I think this game does what it does pretty well. It's just not a thing that I does like.
1: <laughs> you so know? Two questions for you then, Jeff. One... Can I actually borrow
0: your aim controller? We'll bring it tomorrow and I will let you borrow it. But yeah, I think it, I don't, I haven't played it without the aim controller, but I can't imagine playing it without the aim controller. It's so much better. I mean, it's just great with the aim controller for sure.
1: Hmm. And then two Channing Tatum as Gambit.
0: I don't think that movie's ever coming out. Uh, so that was
2: the, what stolen, stolen, stolen. I was like, it's called a callback. It's a callback. I'm going to say you stole my joke. (laughs) Real, real, question. Did you guys have? Did,
1: were people voice chatting? I had not. Oh yeah, not
2: had much success with voice chatting. I games. did not have
0: much success. Really? I have one All my teams were play. voice chatting. Everybody would really? shut up.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I have, I have one friend that has a VR that like I regularly play games with, and so I was like, let's check this game out. And so we were pretty goofy. I think the other people we were playing with were like, what? What are these guys doing? But yeah, I. I I would say I played enough that I was surprised I didn't see anybody else with voice chat. I'm
0: yeah, very impressed was. with how they were able to make flashbangs happen in VR and not make you want to kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: I I think ultimately, you know, th- every VR console or every VR, you know, headset will have games of various genres that do that genre well and I think this is the first one in my opinion for PlayStation VR where it's like, this is a good military shooter in VR.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, I agree. It is, it is well-made effective and really compelling. It's just, it's just not, not a game I'm going to turn to very often because I just don't enjoy the, the setting and the idea of it and every lot of stuff. It's just not, not my jam, but uh, I would encourage people to check it out. If it is your jam, if you're, if you like rainbow six and you have PSVR, you're going to love this. It's like Christian was pointing out, it is a markedly different experience being inside that and not feeling like you're playing at it. You know what I mean? Like you play at your screen, you're, you're, you know, trying to be a gamer and play the game. Yes. It's first person in a lot of those games. Rainbow six is an example, but when you're inside it, when you have to, you know, raise your gun, when you have to, uh, you know, turn your head to it's, it is a markedly different experience and one that's super cool. Yeah.
2: It it almost reminded me of Star Trek and the whole like, you know, we are people and we're working together yeah. and we're, you know, like uh, very few games in the at least the PlayStation VR space like do that
0: well. And that's why it's a bummer to hear you guys weren't hearing uh, uh, voice chat because uh, I think that's a huge part of the, the experience is like, you know, they're on the left, yeah, they're on the left, go, go, go or whatever. Yeah. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm sad about that, but I had a friend playing with me. So it was kind of like, we could say stuff and then we would just look at the other people and be like, you, you do this, you do that. And they were like, okay, I got it. Cause they could like basically be like, wiggle, wiggle. If you understand, they're like,
0: <laughs> wiggle. Uh, the old wiggle communication. Love it. All right. So that is, uh, firewall zero hour and it is out now on PlayStation VR. Got to thank our last sponsor, which is RX Bar. I had an RX Bar this morning. I often do, uh, especially when I get back from a run or before I go out on a run. I never was a guy, I mean, I would eat uh, protein bars, but I didn't enjoy them. (laughs) Now, now I enjoy them because I I order RX Bars. I've bought boxes of RX Bars myself. Uh, because I dig the flavor, and I also dig the message. Uh, RX bars—they're they're whole food protein bars. They're made with real whole ingredients. Those ingredients are simple; they're few, and they're printed on the packaging. <laughs> that's that's how transparent they are with with their customers, with uh, with you know you who buy their their bars, who eat their bars. They print that's the packaging is the giant bold. <laughs> Helvetica font of what's in it. And, uh, this is, you know, this is simple stuff. Egg whites, dates, nuts, core ingredients, unsweetened chocolate, coconut apples. This isn't, uh, got artificial sweeteners. It doesn't have crap. They're gluten free. They're soy free. They're dairy free and they taste great. In fact, my favorite thing about RX bars are the texture. I've always had a problem with the texture of protein bars. They're, Chalky and grainy and gross, RX bars are none of that. They they have a this really great, almost like a. I mean, I, I hesitate to say candy bar because it gives you the wrong impression, but it, it feels like that sometimes. Uh, just a great, great mouth feel. You know, I'm going to use that word, mouth feel. Uh, no artificial colors, no artificial fra- flavors, preservatives, or fillers, and they're great for you know replacing a meal, or if you're just you know got to go and you didn't have time to get something. You, it's great for a snack, uh, pre or post workout, Throw in your backpack for a bike ride. So many great ways to, to enjoy them. And there are 14 delicious fra- flavor varieties. My favorite are the berry, the blueberry and the mixed berry are my favorite, but they have really great chocolate ones as well. I really like all of them. There's a, there's our peanut butter, uh, flavors. It's awesome. And uh, now they have, uh, the RX nut butter, which, um, is uh is is a new version. I haven't even tried the nut butter ones yet. Um, but they're telling me that they are these are brand new and uh they contain uh delicious creamy nut butter with nine grams of high quality protein. Squeezable and spreadable. So that's crazy. I haven't tried that yet. Uh but hey, guess what? We're gonna help you out for twenty-five percent off your first order of RX bars. Visit rxbar.com slash DLC. Enter promo code DLC at check out try them i think i really think you're gonna like them uh that's rxbar.com slash dlc and dlc is the promo code all right guys let's wrap the show up we got uh, parting gifts coming up so stick around for that but anthony tower always a pleasure to talk to you sir uh, thank you for being
2: yes so, yeah thank you for having me i anytime something destiny related comes out i know i'm gonna get a text message from jeff and he's gonna say hey I want you to be the person to talk about this because Christian and I aren't going to
0: play it. <laughs> well, we, we, we tease ourselves that we'll go back to it. And I have a code for Christian, so maybe you, he'll play you it.
2: You did both play Destiny 2.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, I played I had, a lot of it. I'm had, level capped.
1: If I had had said code before this episode... um,
2: <laughs> So, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought you were gonna to. play it and you
2: said I might, but you were like Spider Man is is my one true love. Well, the
0: World yeah. of Warcraft there's the World of Warcraft for me is the problem with, with all of this. Uh, I don't ha- I can't have two yeah. games that are that are infinite that are always I something to do. Yeah,
2: you definitely don't wanna Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Forsaken for you, Jeff, will be more of like I want to experience the campaign. Yeah, and Christian will, I think, it can be more of like, okay, I'm gonna do you know a couple weekly get on, play with the people in the stream type of game. It's it's really great for that because everybody has a lot of things to do and they're always working towards stuff instead of you know being like I'm done, I'm done with the day.
0: But Anthony, I think the more pertinent point is I don't want you to feel like you're just our Destiny guy
2: you're always that's true welcome I'm, here, I'm also man. your pre-e3 guy yeah. and your top game of the year guy yes
0: those are very important guys you know you are, I'm, I'm, you are. I'm very happy to be those guys i'm not complaining you know what guy you are you're a 250th episode guy that's a pretty big, that's true that's
2: pretty big i am a 250 episode guy yeah i will go down in history as that guy
0: <laughs> so where can people keep up with you guy
2: uh, gamerant.com has all the the writings that I do I've been doing a lot of guides for destiny so if you're you're looking for some destiny tips for various things I've written a lot about destiny played a lot of destiny uh, on top of that I have uh, I have a spider-man review so if you want to read my full thoughts on spider-man uh, that's all on gamerant.com I also stream pretty regularly it's mostly destiny right now on our facebook page which is facebook.com slash gamerant. and then uh you can follow me on twitter just for random ramblings uh it's twitter.com slash a-n-t-a-o-r-m-i-n-a
0: so glad you said that twitter.com slash part because
2: yeah way as i said it i was like <laughs> wow, what am i doing i'm so used to the, you when you work in the
0: writing you put urls and it's... <laughs> christian what do you got going on this week
1: Well, I'm here to remind Jeff that he said he can't have two things that are infinite that always have something for you to do, yet he has two kids. So I question that
0: comment. Are you telling me my kids are infinite?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You are not infinite, but your time with your kids is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Yes. (laughs) No, they've already,
0: they are already, they're very young children. They just turned two and just turned four months. But uh, they've already, uh, they already understand that, 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 World of Warcraft comes first.
1: (laughs) We have that also will be recorded on this 250th episode forever. (laughs) So, uh, hello to uh, the Kanata kids. Um, Twitter at spicer (laughs) twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer, where I stream this show. And then trying to get more regular gaming going again, too, but have not quite found the time yet. And then another little geeky podcast I do, at least 20 more minutes. It comes out on uh, Tuesdays to patrons, patreon.com slash Spicer, And everybody on Friday on the Uninformed Opinions podcast feed. You can find that in your www.podcastproviderofchoice.com.
0: Awesome. Uh, I have a movie and TV review podcast for you to check out as well. It is called The Slash Filmcast, Cast, and uh, I highly recommend it. Check it out at slashfilmcast.com. Uh, this week we are talking – oh, this week is the big uh, summer movie wager finale, which uh, if you don't you know won. about huh? – <laughs> You totally won. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> did not win. Uh, I think I actually came in last for the second year. <laughs> Spoiler alert on my – uh, but i don't okay. think it's a
2: spoiler alert if people paid attention to what you chose
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can follow me on twitter at jeff canada and uh although you know, you definitely need to put in the twitter.com first all right let's get to our parting gifts guys you're rude too yeah, here we go Anthony, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week?
2: I do. Uh, it's something that me and Christian were just talking about before the podcast. It's a Netflix series called Magic for Humans. Mm. Um, I don't know if Christian promoted it or not uh, previously, but it's it's something that uh, is like the perfect marriage. I, I'm a really big fan of magic comedy. Like most magicians inc- include an element of comedy, but this is uh, – it's a – six episode run i believe uh it's it's um got like a theme to each episode it explores like technology for example and so he uh justin willman is that how you say his name it Mm -hmm. is okay uh he proposes the the like technology as the theme and then does like comedy and magic but also like waxes philosophical about those ideas through the magic and comedy. It's a really neat concept. Uh, it, I find it very funny, but even, even if you're not in it for the comedy and you just like magic, it has really neat magic. Uh, he, he emphasizes up front that though it is a Netflix series, they're not trying to like trick you with editing or anything like that. And I would imagine a lot of people have seen the viral video of, uh, the guy being convinced that he's invisible in the park. Uh, um, yeah by chance it, it it is a really interesting show and I, I really enjoyed it and I highly
0: recommend it I've been told by my co-host on the Slash Filmcast David Chen that uh, it would be as it, it would be if I was a magician the, that's the jokes the jokes are well they're heavily pun is what what his implication was there
1: Justin Wilman is incredible uh, he is a dear yeah. friend so it's biased but he's incredible I've seen many of these ma- magic tricks performed live and I can say 100% that they are not edited. Like he, it's um, he's absolutely incredible, and and also the former host of Cupcake Wars, as we were talking about. Correct. Pre- yes. If You recognize him from something that might be it, but he's when
2: you when you're awesome. watching it, and you're like, I know that guy. He's the Cupcake Wars guy, but he, yeah, <laughs> I, I I right when Christian was like, oh, you know, I have I have a friend. He's he's putting this show out. If anybody wants to watch it, I was like, magic comedy. I'm really excited for this, and I really really enjoyed it.
0: I'm very excited to watch it myself. I'm I'm looking forward to it. All right, Christian, what's your parting grift?
1: 1970 comic book spoiler. Uh, If you're playing the Spider-Man and you have not read it, even if you are aware of the story arc, uh, the death of Gwen Stacy is an incredible comic book that I think is incredible today as it was. um, I mean, at the time it was mind blowing to do something like that. 1973 is when it came out Two issues And um, it is what it says it is, the death of Gwen Stacy. People have talked about it um, in much detail, analyzing its impact on the comic industry. The idea of killing a protagonist's loved one for years was referred to as the Gwen Stacy or the Gwen Stacy effect and what it does. And it's also a comic that is marked as a turning point for books as a whole, bringing them out of the silver era and into the bronze, which led us into the adult comics that we have now and comic books being what they are. If you have not read it, you know, pick up a trade, get it digitally, however you want to get it. But the death of Gwen Stacy stories uh, and Spider Man, The Amazing Spider Man, I think it's 121, 122 are the issue numbers. Um, but absolutely phenomenal uh, read if you have not read them yet.
0: We got a listener suggested parting gift. This comes from. Andrew Cook, who sent this into DLCfeedback at gmail.com, which is where you can send any comments or questions you have. Quick questions, we appreciate those as well. Um, uh, Andrew comes from uh, Ontario, Canada. He says, I began listening to DLC for the video game content as I've been an avid gamer for my entire life. However... As gaming time has been harder to come by, I began to enjoy your coverage of board games and found myself getting excited whenever the tabletop time bumper played. My wife and I have enjoyed your recommendations of two player games such as Splendor, Star Realms, and Lost Cities. All excellent. Uh, I even convinced her to try some meteor games like Roll for the Galaxy, Caverna, and Dead of Winter. Also great choices. Uh, Now I'd like to try and repay you with a recommendation. Maybe it would be a parting gift. If tabletop time continues to be fewer and further between uh, apologies for that. Uh, I'm going to try to rectify that uh, in the next several weeks. I want to, want to do some more tabletop time stuff. I apologize that it has been uh, a little less frequent than I would like. Uh, he says the game is called Charterstone. And it is a competitive legacy game. I know you love legacy games, and this one is made by Stonemaier Games, who are better known for Scythe, which I also love. Charterstone is a solid worker placement game packed full of wonderful surprises that keep, you, that keep coming as you play. It also has a wonderful way of starting out with an almost empty rulebook that players fill in with stickers as they learn the game together. It makes the barrier to entry almost non-existent. Currently, I'm in the seventh game of 12 with my crew, and we are having a good t- and having such a good time that we are basically playing Charterstone exclusively when we meet. I implore you to give it a shot. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, I have not played Charterstone yet. I've heard only good things. I love Stonemire Games as you do. Uh, I definitely want to play it. Legacy games are challenging because of just the time commitment required to, as as you put it, you know, put in multiple multiple plays uh, with the same group. It's uh, it's uh, it's hard. But, um, boy, I would like to play Charterstone. Great recommendation. I appreciate you sending it in. My parting gift uh, is a little unfair. I, I feel bad even saying it. But I think it's worth saying on this the week that Spider-Man came out. Uh, it is uh, HDR television. <laughs> I know uh, this is an expensive one, parting gift. But I want to uh, – I've mentioned it on the show before, but I want to say it again. I started playing Spider-Man on my non-HDR television. Uh, because uh, just circumstances. And during my play, uh, uh, a few hours in, I switched my PlayStation 4 Pro into my office where I have an HDR television. And it is a night and day difference. I, I It's like a completely different video game. I'm telling you, 4K is not the feature that you need to care about. With video game, it's HDR. It is an extraordinary difference uh, moving to an HDR uh, presentation. Uh, the way that light plays across Manhattan in Spider Man, the way his suit pops, uh, is just stunning. So, uh, if you have the means, if you have the gumption, if you uh, want uh, the the best way to, to to see these games, I highly recommend uh, getting a television with the HDR feature because you will notice you will notice. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of D L C. Thanks again to Anthony Taramina and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in our chat rooms for hanging out with us in real time too. You guys are awesome. You make the show better. You really do. We, we read everything you write as, as it goes on. The discussions are always interesting and always thought provoking. Uh, we appreciate you guys being with us in real time, but not more than we appreciate All of you who download the show as well. Thanks to our uh, musical contributors, Patrick L, Sean Madigan, and Zero Star. Uh, We hope you stick with us and are back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.